Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Each week, we'll be talking with real people with real stories about things they have not said or done or have said or done in their workplace that required bravery. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Everts, and I'm the founder and president of Excellius Leadership Development. Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. I hope you'll listen to our past podcast conversations, and if you'd like to hear past episodes, go to BeBraveAtWork.com, subscribe to our podcasts, and learn some valuable lessons about bravery at work. My new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Success, is now available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and any online book retailer you prefer. Check out Drive Your Career today. Our podcast today is sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies. Based in Woburn, Massachusetts, Cabot Risk Strategies has created innovative and customized insurance strategies for individuals and families, businesses, nonprofits, commercial real estate, and public entities. Cabot's client base continues to expand both within the region and within the markets they serve. And if you are looking for customized insurance services and solutions, contact Cabot at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. I'm really excited to welcome to the Be Brave at Work podcast today, Deborah Roberts. Deborah is a corporate communication specialist with a protocol that is 100% effective. She teaches the how-tos for having productive conversations, and she's been consulting and, and training businesses for many years. Her online course, The Communication Protocol, is a flexible, cost-effective platform that has fast results and won't interfere with workflow. We love that. Nobody likes workflow interference. She's the president of the Relationship Protocol and has also recently been added as a freelance writer for Inc. Magazine. Welcome, Deborah. Hello. Nice to be here. We are thrilled that you're here, and I took a light stab at introducing you, and I'm just wondering for our (laughs) listeners if you could tell us a little bit more about what you do and how you and your business interact in the marketplace. Sure. So I consider myself a conversation expert, and I developed a communication model called the communicate called whoop, look at me called the relationship protocol. And the relationship protocol is a practical model for communication in the boardroom and also across your kitchen table. So it enhances the quality of your relationships and your interactions, helps you to deal with conflicts a little bit easier so that they're not as scary, have the conversations that you want to have. Um, And what I realized is that no one's really teaching people how to have conversations, how to be more effective communicators, feel more confident. And most people didn't learn it at home. And as a mental health practitioner who was doing a lot of consulting with businesses as well, uh, so I was working with everything from romantic relationships to uh, leaders of big companies, a lot of the issues were the same. And in teaching them how to have conversations and how to resolve things before they got divorced or or broke up their companies, uh, a lot of it was the same. And so that led me to write my book, The Relationship Protocol. I gave a name to the work I'd been doing for over 20 years with great success. And I think only because I'm teaching things that people just naturally understand. There's nothing fancy about my work. As I say, I don't even think I have a four-syllable word in anything I'm talking about. So it's all easy to follow. And um, so I have a book and I also 
created an online course for the workplace and also for interpersonal use as well. Um, but the workplace course is something um, relevant here. And I'm super excited about that. It's called the Communication Protocol. And it teaches all of these wonderful um, components to the Relationship Protocol model in a way that's workable and logical for the workplace. So that the, whether it's for the employees or management to, um, to be able to um, elevate the communication for an entire organization. Fantastic. And I would suggest to you that we could probably talk for hours on these <laughs> topics. And for our listeners, this might be the podcast you need to listen to because these two key words that Deborah used in her introduction, communication and relationships, are super important to being brave at work. If you do not have a relationship with the person you'd want to be brave with, or you don't know how to say what it is that you want to say, your likelihood of doing it is marginal. You're probably not going to do it and create all of the reasons why it's a bad idea to say something. So, uh, you know, Deborah, let's talk maybe, and I think the first place to start is relationship before communication, because again, I just personally believe that if you need to say something to someone that may be difficult to say, or you don't think they want to hear, you need to have a good relationship with them because your likelihood of saying it or them listening, if you don't have a good relationship, is not likely. So can you tell us a little bit about maybe from your perspective, you know, how you define or what you look at when it comes to a strong relationship? And let's keep digging on that a little bit as it pertains to bravery at work. Sure. Relationships require two people to both with the same intention to have a good outcome, to have a good connection, to have a good relationship essentially and if, if i am interested in having a relationship with someone and i'm not getting that same kind of energy back from them then that's a sign that i need to make a decision about whether i want to continue putting myself out there but in general we can only control ourselves so to approach a relationship with um, an attitude of an open mind and giving the person the benefit of the doubt that they also want to have a rapport with you, a good connection with you. When you start there by having an open mind and giving the benefit of the doubt, it, it, you, you oftentimes will have a better outcome. And, you know, this phrase, same intention, really resonates with me because oftentimes when I talk about being brave at work or am doing a presentation and talking about some of the key behaviors you need to have to be successful in the workplace, people oftentimes say, well, what if the other person doesn't want to play along, right? What if I want to go to my boss and say, hey, something you're doing is driving everyone crazy. I don't know that you know you're doing it. And they get mad or upset because we don't have the same intention. Do you have one or two tips or suggestions on how someone can either identify that they have the same outcome or intention with the other person or make progress to get to the place where you can feel that you can say what you need to say or do what you need to do effectively? The best place to start for something like that is to think about what you want to say. When it's someone that's an important relationship, particularly if it's your boss or someone in an authority position, Think of what you want to say. What are the one or two key takeaways? And approach by starting with an appreciation that they're having the conversation with you and tell them what your intentions are. I want to talk to you about something this is hard to talk about, or I don't want you to read into this at all. I, I love my job. I'm concerned about X and I wanted to bring it to your attention. Would that be okay? 
because then quickly you're going to find out you can continue speaking or they're not interested. So I think if you're trying to bring something to someone's attention or have a conversation with someone that you're not quite sure that they want to have, it's a great idea to test the waters a little bit. And that's the other way you'll find out if they want to have a relationship with you, or if they want to communicate with you. When we approach someone in a respectful way, in a thoughtful way, and we're curious about their opinion about something, and we connect in a positive way by appreciating their time, most people will engage, at least initially. Right, right. Until they hear what it is that you're, <laughs> you exactly. want to say, and then <laughs> suddenly they're no longer interested. So again, I think you and I could talk for hours, but I just want to drill down on that a little bit. Uh, you used another keyword, which is practice. And I, I do believe that if you have something you want to say to a peer or to a boss that you think they may not want to hear or is hard to say, you know, sometimes your observations are a little complex in respect to saying it, you know, writing it down. And I don't mean a script, but bullet points, just getting it out of your head and practicing it and even finding somebody else who may be experiencing the same thing to say, hey, I want to talk to Ed about this issue that we're all talking about. If I said the following, what would your reaction be? Would you get upset? Right. You can modify some words, you know, on that front, which I think is super important. And then the second thing you mentioned, and this gets a little bit more complicated, uh, and you didn't say this exactly, but I'm going to play on it a little bit because this is something that I think can be important, which is um, asking the person, you know, going and saying, you know, hey, Deborah, uh, you know, I love working for you. And I think you're uh, impact on the organization is fantastic. If ever, I ever see anything that I think you should know about or hear about in respect to your behavior or how people are interacting with you, are you open to hearing it? Right? You're not giving them feedback at that moment, but you just want to know, you know, are you open to hearing it? And they might say no, or they might say, well, it depends on what it is. And they might say, absolutely. I would love to know and say, great. You know, I'd love to come to you from time to time as I would want you to do with me. If you see something, hear something that you think I need to know. And it's not a judgment and I'm not belittling you. I'm sharing with you something that is perceived in the workplace. And are you open to hearing it? Is that something that you think would be a good strategy? I think if you are thinking that you might have some feedback for someone, it's always good to test the waters. And likewise, if you are in a position where you want people to feel comfortable giving you feedback, that's a wonderful thing to say. I'm always open to hearing what you have to say, your feedback, as long as it's done in a respectful way, come talk to me, happy to hear what you have to say. I think it works both ways, but there's nothing wrong with testing the waters. I mean, I would be gentle about it. I'd probably be um, similar to what you're saying. I, I would lean into it and say, you know, I'm, I'm all in here. I want this to be the best team that we can have. And so if I notice something, do you, do you want to talk about it? You also don't want to come across like you're what's the expression like brown nosing or, you know, being too um, phony about it, because it's all about being sincere in however you come across, make sure that don't say anything just because you think you're supposed to say it, because they're going to know, and it's not going to, it's not going to resonate with you either. So only bring up topics or have conversations that are important to you as well. Right. And, uh, you know, I like this idea and this idea of, um, you know, saying something to somebody, of course, respectfully and professionally, but, you know, your suggestion of, hey, I want to ensure that we have a great team. All of us on this team are not perfect. And from time to time, we might say or do something that we want to share with the other person. Are you open to hearing it? Again, all you're doing is just getting permission to say something, which should make it easier going forward. I think also the notion that we are in this together 
we are on the same team. We, and for the sake of the team, we want to be able to have conversations that will benefit all of us. So if I'm saying something to you, I'm not saying it to be obnoxious or to hurt your feelings. I'm giving you feedback. You can take it and run with it or do what you want with it, but just understand where I'm coming from. I genuinely care about the team. I care about you and I care about the outcome. And you can say it a little softer than that. That kind of sounded a little tough, but. <laughs> no, no, I thought that sounded okay. Uh, keep in mind, there might be a work voice and a personal or home voice, right? So at work, <laughs> you want to be confident and clear in what you're saying. So let's transition, if we can, Deborah, from a relationship to communication. And of course, you have a tool called the communication protocol. You know, kind of how are you defining, <clears throat> excuse me, or thinking about communication in the workplace? And uh, how is that influential in respect to bravery at work, do you think? I think they go hand in hand. So the communication protocol is an eight lesson program, and it teaches everything from how do you create a sense of commitment within your organization? How do people show up to connect with each other? It's about engagement and, and productivity and feeling more confident so that the communication, the interactions that you want to have, you can have whether they are difficult, whether you feel you're an avoider. Many people that struggle with bravery and communication would rather avoid a conversation than have one. And I understand that. I think that's the most common reason why conversations don't take place. I'm not sure what to say. I'm not sure how it will end. I don't want to hurt someone's feelings. And what you learn in a program like this is if you have this approach, this is the best way to get the best outcome. And if it doesn't go well, if they don't respond the way that you want to or the way you expect, here's how you can continue the conversation or extract yourself from the conversation effectively. So it, it gives you an opportunity to build your confidence and increase your self-awareness, which is huge. We have to know who we are, how we show up, how we are affected by others, our environment, and how we impact them. And one of the things I teach in the program is how to increase your self-awareness. And then everything else is they, under, they learn the relationship protocol model, how to build trust. And then um, one of my favorite lessons, the last lesson is um, life strategies for wellness, which really talks about coping strategies for dealing with stress and overwhelm and all, negative self-talk, all the, all the stuff that everybody has um, a little uh, piece of um, in them. And so it's um, very, very helpful for how to function at your best. Well, it's so funny that you talk about negative self-talk. Uh, I think that is something we all do. Uh, we never talk about the fact that it's there, the infamous voice in your head that tells you you're not good enough or what are you doing here or you know, why are you with these people, et cetera. But you know, I think you're right. We all have that voice in our head that is uh, potentially not helping us. So when you look at uh, relationships, uh, excuse me, communication, uh, you know, Deborah, in respect to the, the protocol that you've developed, what can a person do if, in fact, they perceive that the conversation isn't going well? You know, many of our listeners say, well, I'm not going to talk to my boss because it, it's not going to go well. And again, I create all these obstacles and roadblocks to doing it. I'm not looking for you to give away the secrets of your online tool. But, you know, what's one tip or idea if you get the feeling and it's probably more internal that your body starts tingling that, uh oh, they're not receiving this well or their face is turning red or, you know, they just broke three pencils, you know, whatever. Uh <laughs> What, what's one idea of what you can do to navigate this situation effectively? 
Can I just ask, do people still break pencils? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just a visual metaphor, I know, right? It's, it's perfect. A, I, think, I haven't heard that in a long time. <laughs> okay. Well, it might be something that only happens in the movies, right? Where somebody's <laughs> sitting so. there and you say something and they so, break the pencil. <laughs> you know, the best thing to do when you're having a conversation with someone is to be fully present. So if I'm fully present while I'm speaking to you, that means I'm not in my head I, because I'm prepared to go back to what we said before. I'm having a conversation with you. I've thought it through. I've, and I'm a big in rehearsal also, even if you have to stand in front of a mirror, but write it down, go over it a few times so it, it resonates with you more and feels more comfortable. Then you can be present during the conversation. And then while you're having the conversation, if their face starts to turn red or it gets contorted, or you could just tell that something might not be landing at everything from that piece to clearly they are upset, stop talking. Don't continue what you're saying and comment on what you're observing. And you do it really gently. I, I just want to point out that I'm not sure if you're getting upset or is everything okay. However you choose to say it, but acknowledge that you want to check in with them. If it's obvious, it's if it's with a coworker and it's not going well, it's easier to say, hey, things are getting a little intense here. Do we want to take a break or tell me what just happened? What did I miss? Or, or did I say something that upset you? I'm commenting on the obvious, what's going on. With a boss or someone in authority, you need to be a little bit more careful what you say. You're not going to say, hey, things are getting intense here, but you are going to say, you know, did I say something that you didn't like? Yeah, I, you know, I, uh, as an observer and in working with clients who need to have difficult conversations that they have technically been avoiding for years, you know, one of the pieces of advice I give them is that as you're talking to the person, and I agree with you, Deborah, that you have to be fully present. You have to be 100% in this meeting, not thinking about what you have to do after work or other issues that you're dealing with, but you are here at this moment that if you detect or observe that it is not going well, stop. You know, don't keep going just to make your point, but, you know, stop. And you might say, in addition to the points that you had, hey, you know, if we could just pause here for a second, Deborah, uh, you know, can I make an observation? And again, you're asking for permission to alter the conversation and the person probably will say sure. And then you can say something like, uh, you know, it seems as though you're uh, not having a great reaction to what I'm saying. I don't what the, I don't know what the perfect language would be, but you know you're not having a great reaction, or you seem to be reacting in a way I did not intend in sharing this information with you. Uh, how are you feeling? You know what's kind of what's kind of going on for you. And uh, the worst thing you can do is think that your goal was to make your point and keep going. <laughs> Right. Yeah, I think that that's exactly, and that's what most people do. They start talking and they keep talking. They think that if they make their point a little bit differently, or if they just um, continue showing that they're right, that the other person will eventually jump on board. And that's a dangerous thing to do because once the person shifts their energy and they are now annoyed, frustrated, or upset, they are more engaged in how they're feeling and less interested in what you're saying. And the more you continue, the more ticked off they might be getting or tuned out. So that's why being present and noticing that shift is the key. The sooner you can connect with that disconnect or upset, the quicker you can diffuse. I mean, if you get it early, say, am I misreading or 
you know, something going on. There's all sorts of ways to say it, but checking in, not in a, you know, again, not in a, um, a silly way because you're so nervous, but genuinely, if you notice something, it's good to point it out in, in personal relationships as well. Every, everything I talk about applies to both, to any interactions, really. So you uh, authored a book called The Relationship Protocol. I did. And what is the subheading of that book again? How to Talk, Diffuse, and Build Healthier Relationships. Fantastic, which I assume you can get on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and everywhere online. And then you have an online platform called The Communication Protocol. The Relationship Protocol. Excuse me, The Relationship Protocol. That's the website. The program, but I know somehow it's a little confusing. The program is called The Communication Protocol. The website, the book, The Relationship Protocol. Gotcha. If you wanted to find it. So Deborah, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, Again, we could talk for hours about the importance of having a good relationship with just about everybody that you work with. You don't have to be best friends, but you want to have a positive relationship and then ways that you can communicate with them effectively. If people want to hear more about the relationship protocol and dig down a little bit deeper and look at the communication protocol tool, et cetera, where do they go? How do they find that? They can go to the relationshipprotocol.com, which is my website. There's all information about my work, and there is information about the communication protocol there as well. And my book is also there if they want to learn more information about that. And I'm, I'm also on LinkedIn, Deborah, D E B R A Roberts. Please look me up and let's connect. Fantastic. Well, Deborah, thank you again for your time today. Thank you. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us today. And we hope you join us on our next podcast conversation as we further explore being brave at work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at BeBraveAtWork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on multiple online platforms. We are everywhere. Our podcast today was sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies, whom you can reach at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at CabotRisk.com. And a reminder to check out my new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Own Success, which is available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio everywhere online. You have something to say, yet are not saying it. You have something to do, yet are not doing it. Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.